full-service radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full-service radio. Yeah, man. First off, when I say top 50, I don't literally mean I've counted out 50 niggas and put you on the list. It's more right. like, a, you know what I'm saying? It's like a it's a moniker. Like, it's a status. Like, you could be top 10, which means you're really, really good. You could be top 50, which means, like, you're cool. It's like percentiles. Right. Bit. You kind of in this range. Like, right, right. I have not literally counted the 49 other niggas that's on the list. But I highly respect you yeah. within this tier of niggas you know yeah, yeah you're so, in a tier what's the right, difference right. between uh 22 on a list and maybe a 34 you know between, i mean is who it, gives a fuck a <laughs> <laughs> who really gives a shit but i'll tell you one thing though i tell you this fucked up top 50 list whoever put it out good shit man genius marketing some good man. shit you probably bro. didn't even know it either no nah. maybe they did when they put joe button at three but maybe you really maybe joe button really got you through some tough times like music four really got you off that ledge my nigga you know what i'm saying <laughs> you owe all of this nigga you feel me? i tried so, to keep a straight face right. when you were saying that just now right <laughs> joe button ain't got no, got through nothing for nobody but middle school that's it <laughs> got me right through pump pump shout out shout out joe button i mean i remember we were watching the music video a couple days ago this nigga just jumped out of uh like these teenage girls like tv and shit on some Yo. ring shit Oh. That video might not have flown in 2018. Joe, but yo, but yo, it was genius. Whoever put out that list, I do want to give you some creative kudos. Two claps, right? Two claps for you for the creative kudos. You hopefully, put. hopefully your, your podcast because it was a podcast who put that out. Yeah. So shout out to the fellow podcasters right. out there. Hopefully, you're getting some traction, some actual yeah. follows and subscriptions off right. of that because right. I'm sure you know y'all deserve it. But you, you know, do. You do. I mean, that's a it's a good move. I think they recognize what we've all we've what we've recognized on the show before. What's that? Is that contrast is content and conversation? That, oh man, my goodness! Wow. Yeah, it's got to be because like the, the way that people engage with each other on social media, specifically Twitter, always comes from an assumption of a negative intention. Right. So the fact that you could put up a list that people can argue about. You put that list up, you go to sleep, you wake up, it's two strangers going back and forth over a thousand comments just on the just on the ranking of your list. And all you did was put Plant together city latest. Yeah. Right. Brilliant. And I love what I love about Twitter and hate about it at the same time. It's just like you can think that you sniping that you got the hottest shit ever, but the niggas who really get an attraction are just shooting from the hip. Yeah. It's millions of people just shooting off the hip. Yeah. And the shit just goes off. It's dangerous. It's yeah, wild, I really, wild west I really for real. wonder if they did that intentionally or if they was just fucking around. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, besides Joe Budden at number three, and I'm not mad at Joe Budden at all. Like, I mean, the list has a lot of the regulars. You okay. know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I can see these. They got Cool G Rap on the list. Okay. It doesn't okay. matter the numbers, right? right. Jeezy. You know, Stack Bundles is an interesting one interesting. to have at 42. Wow. Um, eight Ball at 43. I'm like, what's eight that conversation yeah. ranking Stack <laughs> Bundles versus eight? That's the conversation you know, I want to have. Eight you know what I'm saying? Work. Yeah. <laughs> But see, MJG deserves half of that. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, so right, you got to right. drop him down. I heard tier. some fool say that you couldn't put Andre 3000 on the list because he do, he never had a solo album. That's what people Stop. say. I, th- I think that's a crazy. Jack, what you think, man? That's that's bullshit. That's crazy. That's 100% bullshit. It's not the best rap acts. Well, what? That, that don't make any sense. You can put on top tier just off international players anthem alone. Alone. 
alone. Oh. There's a few remixes that he did are better than some people's entire catalog. Right. How do you know? How many artists do you know where people can recite word for word at a party, actual bars and lyrics? You know what I'm saying? Like maybe Wayne, you might be able to get a Wayne verse off or something maybe. like that. But maybe. people can say the whole thing, cadence, cadence and all, right. inflections and everything. Right. Like word for word, everybody's rapping a 3K verse, which is very complex and, and Don't very disrespect. Late. Don't right. disrespect Andre 3000, man. Don't anyway. Do oh man, see we where do we the at, same Bimo? Shit. We do the same shit every week, man. I forgot. My bad. <laughs> no, you good, Welcome bro. to the Over the Shoulder Podcast. OTS. This is your chance to eavesdrop on a conversation between professional creators as we discuss the sources, happenings, inspirations from the creative industry. From film to production to music to culture, join us each week as we push the envelope on the possibilities of the creative industry. Our host this week, of course, it's your boy, Bimo Brown, creative director and producer, coming to you live. The man himself. And of course, in studio this week, we got my main man, 100,000 grand. Of course, it's Big Bro, Backpack Matt, a.k.a. Mr. Backpack, a.k.a. Mr. SBO, the silent partner, Fairground Gang, it's only fair. And we are always <laughs> recording out of full service radio here at the Beautiful Line Hotel in uh, Washington, D.C. Shout out to Jack Inslee, OG. In the building today. Shout out to Alexia, too. Building. She's normally on behind the boards, but we got the OG himself. So, uh, got more lasers when I'm in the oh building. Man. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'm ready to sound packs on niggas, man. Oh, I love it, bro. I love it, bro. Yeah. Um, you want to... Um, Let's uh, get the, the word of the day. Of the day. Hey. Today's word of the day is brought to you by Dictionary.com. If you're a first-time listener, each week we give you a word from Dictionary.com. Just a, a an opportunity to expand your vocabulary. This week, August 7th, 2019, the word of the day is Manique. Wait. Manque. 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 What did I say? Manique? Manique. Manque. Manque. Manque, an adjective. Uh, Manque. Having failed, missed, or fallen short, especially because of circumstances or a defect in character. Unsuccessful, unfulfilled, and frustrated. Mm. As Tom Tom walks in the building, drenched. Drenched. <laughs> I would say there has been a Monke somewhere close in his present, having failed, missed, or fallen short, especially because of circumstances. Like he Monkeyed that umbrella today. So, welcome, Tom Tom. Welcome to the building, baby. Word. So, Monke, uh, I'll use it for a sentence. Sometimes you may feel like a creative Monke when you don't finish that project or that album, Ooh. you know, but maybe that just means it's time to pivot your efforts in another creative direction. Be malleable. Oh, my, you know, malleable is one of my favorite words. Man. It's not yeah. one of the words of the day, but you, you can't just pull that out all the time. You can't, you can't, man. You, uh, as Tom, Tom is drying off and get ready to jump with a mic. Y'all mind if I go too deep? Go ahead. I'm gonna step back. Here we go. Check me out. So as a content creator, I find it pivotal to constantly investigate that which inspires, confounds and disrupts creativity. Each week, I'm going to explore one creative concept, deconstruct it to its creative atoms, and analyze its foundations in hopes of expanding the discovery of the creative process. This week, the concept of the liberation of white folks. That's right. I said it. So check this out. I contest that the objective of black Americans is to seek liberation and a fair chance at opportunity. Because of our introduction into the American construct of race, I would also contest that this fight for liberation is embedded in our intellectual genealogy. What's that, Bimo? That means it's not quite nature, but way deeper than nurture, right? In the system of oppression, there are two participating parties, the oppressed and, of course, the oppressor. While disenfranchisement and marginalization weighs heavy on the oppressed, neither party is free. 
Both are limited. On the side of the oppressor weighs the, the destructive moral inferior, inf, inferiority. But I'll say this in the spirit of creativity, all is not lost. I want y'all to check out this clip from Eddie Glaude Jr., professor at Princeton, as he speaks at on um, MSNBC. You know, America's not unique in its sins hmm. as a country. We're not unique in our evils, to be honest with you. Um, I think where we, where we may be singular is our fu- a refusal to acknowledge them mm. Mm. and the legends and myths we tell about our inherent, you know, goodness uh, to hide and cover and conceal so that we can maintain a kind of willful ignorance that protects our innocence. And social scientists were already writing that what was driving the Tea Party were anxieties about Economic demographic anxiety. shifts, that the country was changing, that they were seeing these racially ambiguous babies on, on Cheerios commercials that the country wasn't quite feeling like it was a white nation anymore. And people were screaming from the top of their lungs, yo, this is not just simply economic populism. This is the ugly underbelly of the country. What we know is that the country has been playing politics for a long time on this hatred. We know this. So it's easy for us to place it all on Donald Trump's shoulders. It's easy for us to place Pittsburgh on his shoulders. It's easy for me to place Charlottesville on his shoulders. It's easy for us to place El Paso on his shoulders. This is us. And if we're going to get past this, we can't blame it on him. He's a manifestation of the ugliness that's in us. I've had the privilege of growing up in a tradition that didn't believe in the myths and the legends because we had to bear the brunt of them. Either we're going to change, Nicole, Are we going to do this again and again while we're trying to convince white folk to finally leave behind a history that will maybe, maybe, or embrace a history that might set them free from being white? In my 30 years of studying and participating in the social political construct of race, never have I considered the liberation of white people. The automatic assumption is that as a minority, we have recently come into complete freedom. I still contest that Jane Smith is the first free black child, but that's another situation. Um, (laughs) So in such, the minority, if the minority is not free, then the majority, the whites, must must be free. But in recent events, such as the president, his election, the brutality, the terrorism, I'm starting to think not so much. The American tradition is a tale of colonization and violence. And my thought is that the majority has no concept of freedom, only control. While I have studied, while I have studied liberation um, since consciousness, the shift in American perspective has left left our former majority confused, struggling to find an identity. I can only say it so well. So I'm going to leave the rest of my section to the late great Toni Morrison. We lost a great voice in Black consciousness. Please go grab a book, do some YouTube's, but check out this brief clip of an inter- interview with her and Charlie Rose from a book, Jazz. Here's a taste what she's on. Hit it, Jack that the people who do this thing, who practice racism, are bereft. There is something distorted about the psyche. It's a huge waste, and it's a corruption and a distortion. It's like it's a profound neurosis that nobody examines for what it is. It feels crazy. It is crazy. And it leaves, it has just as much of a deleterious effect on white people and possibly equal as it does black people. I always knew that I had the moral high ground all my life. 
I always thought those people who said I couldn't come in the drugstore and I had to sit in this funny place, I couldn't you go in the park. You superior to them I from did. day one. And I thought they knew that I knew that they were inferior to me, morally. I always thought that. But if, if the racist white person, I don't mean the person who is examining his consciousness and so on, doesn't understand that he or she is also a race, it's also constructed, it's also made, and it also has some kind of serviceability. But when you take it away, I take your race away. And there you are, all strung out, and all you got is your little self. And what is that? What are you without racism? Are you any good? Are you still strong? Are you still smart? you still like yourself? I mean, these are the questions. It's, if you can only be tall because somebody's on their knees, then you have a serious problem. And my feeling is white people have a very, very serious problem. And they should start thinking about what they can do about it. You see what I'm driving at here, folks? <clears throat> All I'm simply saying is, for my entire existence, I have always questioned whether there is true black liberty and black freedom and our fair chance at equality and opportunity and all that. But I have never questioned whether the majority was actually the example of freedom. And that's BMO goes too deep. If you didn't find it, make sure you swim for it. Any thoughts? Fire. <laughs> that, that was heavy. Y'all. There's not much to say after that one. Tony Morrison. Uh-oh. Tom, Tom is in the building. What's up, baby? Yeah, yeah. I have to be honest with y'all. I barely made it. What happened, man? What you hear? So, as soon as I parked my car and yeah. stepped under the little underhang by that little deli right there. Right, right. It I, wasn't bitch-ass Trist, was the, it? The whole a monsoon opened before we walked in. I, and even our guests are monsoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A monsoon. Yeah, experience. Typhoon. Whatever, whatever word you want to use for okay. that kind of weather, right? So, I decide I'm going to use my soccer skills and sprint over here, right? Okay. And I get to the line hotel steps yeah. and have the meanest wipeout I've had Ooh. in a while. Ooh. Is that why the shoulder on the right is a little darker than the shoulder on yeah, the left? Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> like, I, I was like... <laughs> Like, cause people people came to my rescue or whatever. Oh, They're like, "Are you okay?" And I was just like, "Yo, I'm just embarrassed. I'm well, just yo, chilling. Though. You're I'm here. good though. My head didn't hit the ground, so that, that no, thank man, God for that." Ball gang out here, I support you, brother. We in this together. You look good. Doesn't matter. You, <clears> you look good. That's still. why. Yeah, but yeah. that's why I was standing there, yeah, like collecting myself. Once brother. I got outside the studio. Okay. Wow. So, hey, we're at full force. We're always happy for that. That's wow. the only thing that matters. But in man. proper Tom fashion, you know, we're gonna, we gonna hold you down, bro. We gonna hold you down. Hey, but we got you know since we're at full we got force, family we got in some, the building. Uh, we got family in the building. Um, shout out to our show OGK, aka Mink himself, yeah. and we got the entrepreneur known as Stram in the building. So so we're going to get to y'all in a second in terms of the interview, but uh, we're about to play Sketchbook. So how do you want to intro it for us, man? Um, It's some real shit. That's how I feel. I wrote this in a very good point in my creative career and uh, put a lot of feelings into this. There it is. Uh, Sketchbook off the album Scythe Now on all platforms. Check it out. My Sketchbook. All these people try to say I'm next up, but I'm just working at my sketchbook. All these people try to say I'm trying to say I'm fast up. Back
soccer school, I was a written textbook. I was busy flexing out the sketchbook. I ain't give a fuck about who next up. All I did was work up in my sketchbook. $30,000 out the sketchbook. Got these bitches maxing out they checkbook. They love me cause I got it in my sketchbook. Everybody vibing on my sketchbook. OG dropping out the Lexus. Doja homie coding cups on Oh's and acrylics on my sketchbook. Fuck rapping, I'ma get it with my sketchbook. OG three your wop of flexor. OG three your wop of More love, more moves, more drugs, do more. Say less, bro. And I'ma keep on twerking all these sketchbooks. Word, word, word. Oh, my bad. I'm coming in hot. Yo, so that was Sketchbook by OGK himself. Wow. Our show, oh, Banger. OGK. Wow. Banger. Facts, facts. So, uh, Appreciate y'all. I don't mind. I'm going to be quick and I'm going to get in my bag real quick. Y'all don't mind. in the bag, though. Oh, for sure, for the sure. The mink bag. The U-bag. <laughs> the U-bag. I do got the U-bag <laughs> on by mink, but we'll get into that. So, I just got back from Toronto yesterday. Uh, it was my second trip out there, but it was my first time experiencing Carabana, an annual Caribbean Heritage Festival, and OVO Fest. Um, put on by Drake that weekend. And to add icing onto the cake, I was out there celebrating my 29th birthday with one of my best friends. So shout out my boy Kells, uh, who had family and friends in high places throughout the city. Everywhere we went, we either skipped the lines, got wristbands without waiting, and even had our names on the list. Flex, flex. Beautiful. So the most beautiful women per street block per day I've ever Definitely. seen in my life. All hues, shades, and variations of ass and melanin. Truly a beautiful experience. <laughs> nice. I want, <laughs> facts, facts, facts. I want to talk about a city this particular weekend that not only embraces its, its own, but honors and celebrates them to the highest order. A city that also embraces transplants and those who are just stopping by for the, for the vibes. And although during one monumental annual weekend with parties, concerts, festivals, and fellowship going on amongst a wide array of cultures, ethnicities, nationalities, and reasons, this city has seemed to make it work. And Toronto is that city I'm talking about. Okay, Matt, so what's your point, right? I'm not saying that we need to build a big Wale statue or anything, nor am I saying Toronto is a perfect city by any means. I'm just saying the DMV is not that far off the mark from owning a weekend or owning a stamp in the culture as a catch-all destination. We have all the ingredients, but maybe the perfect recipe requires a little bit more fine-tuning. We have the native Washingtonians. We have the transplants and those stopping by for vibes. But if you've been listening to the show, there's still a lot of petty debates and infighting regarding birth rights versus appropriation. Mm. We have a wide variety of cultures and historical backstories, but we're in a battle with the city's gentrification efforts to properly document, mem memorialize, and sustain such histories. Um, we, have, we, have, we have a city that uh, has vast industrial infrastructure, and we are a major market, but we are overshadowed by the federal government. We have more than enough creatives. We have ample parties, concerts, collectives, festivals. Most importantly, we care. We have the know-hows, especially knowing how to have a good time. But there still remains the question of what's missing. Mm. 
So what's the difference? I think it comes down to how we bundle our experiences. Caravan and OVO Fest uh, probably were the two biggest experiences all year for Toronto uh, outside of Pride Festival and Pride Week, and they overlap. Also found out that there's, there's, there's apparently two to four additional smaller festivals going on that same weekend. What? Over Damn. a four-day weekend, right? Okay. Because uh, they have a national holiday on Monday. That's how they're able to stretch it, right? So you have a huge number of people coming to one city for completely different but sometimes overlapping reasons. By combining experiences into one weekend, you've untethered focus from one particular entity and created a much broader pool of potential people to attract. Instead of a Broccoli City weekend or a Funk Parade weekend, maybe it becomes more of a I need to be in D.C. the first weekend in May every year. Okay. Okay. Uh, maybe everybody eats and everybody eats more. Um, lastly, if weight is distributed across a large surface area, it loses impact. But if that, if you concentrate that same weight to a smaller surface area, you become a formidable force. Come on, chemistry. I've seen knockouts come at the hands of a punch more so than a slap. Mm. Um, so with that being said, I like to propose this to a room full of creatives. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the concept of D.C. or the DMV area, like really doubling down on just like one week or one weekend where just everything goes down and you got people traveling from overseas, from different parts of the country just to be here. Maybe they might be here for one event. Maybe they might be here for another one, you know, but all in all, it's got this groundswell of people who are here and you got this gumbo going on of everybody eventually attending each other's events. Maybe somebody who came to D.C. who didn't know about a Trezzo Beach event gets put on because they're there that weekend. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Or Funk Parade or an SBO pop-up or a Mink pop-up or, you know, can subscribe to, you know, Good Green Grubbery and get some vegan food. Maybe we can set up an economy where we get a groundswell of people in one place here that everybody can eat from. Yeah. That's what's in the bag. That, that, sounds that like was the move. <laughs> that was a good one. That was. Uh, I have to hand it to you. That does sound like the move. That sounds like the the perfect idealism. Yeah. And you know, I've been in D.C. for a little while now as an entrepreneur, and it seems like I might be a little too jaded to really appreciate that dream and that vision, because as you said in part of your section, um, right now there is a lot of infighting and bickering and claims for credit and all that. Really, all that bullshit that's in a way to prevent. Uh, such a collaborative effort like this, but right. honestly, like that is the that would be the vision if everything happened. On I'm thinking Emancipation Day just popped in my head just right now. A very uh, unique to DC type holiday where we could do like a three four day weekend of all these festivals. That would be great. Or, or, what do y'all think? Um, personally, I'm sorry to like be that lady, nah, but please. I think it's a little bit idealistic. Just um, Considering the current climate of the area, like you mentioned how we have like a bunch of transplants and we have like this whole like new form of melting pot going on in the city. But I think that like hurts the idea more than it helps it. Like a lot Mm. of festivals and things that we've had in the past have been nixed because of the new community coming in, like all the ginger fires and stuff. That's why we don't have Caribbean Fest here now. That's a good point. Um, so I'm I'm not sure like how well that will work. I feel like they would find another way to like either take it over and take the culture out of it, or like That's a good point. C- like completely close it down for whatever reason. Right. Yeah. Um. I'm gonna have to say I'm agree with our 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 my fellow host and our guest that I don't know. I feel like we it can happen, and I would like for it to happen. That I do feel that way. But it's a long way away from happening, right? Because of like the, the purple line. I'm sorry, like the purple line, like the purple line. <laughs> yeah, we have because, like, for me, 
I say this to people like a lot of things DC does, generally speaking, lacks foresight. Maybe the developers don't lack foresight, but DC itself and the decisions that it makes a lot lack foresight. Talk more about that. Do y'all That's y'all a fact, agree? though. I mean, um, the Metro is a perfect example. If you go to New York, there's six tracks. We have two. Right. So one issue on one track fucks up the whole system. Right. Um, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. I'll the apartments and condos, like they're just throwing them up. Right. There's, they don't have any intent of putting people in them. There's no people who are already showing interest in That's living in that area. They're just throwing them up right? because they have the money to. Right. And in doing so, uh, it's a lot of gentrification that's being sped up. I mean, I just moved out of an area where they just put up a huge condo, set of condos, and right next to it is like, you see needles on the street. I was, I was living there for three years. I never saw needles on the street until the last month that I moved out. I see more, more fiends not getting the help that they need, just, you know, all concentrated in that same area. So it's kind of crazy. I get that. I get that. And, that, and that's what I like. If I educate, if I educate, as you know, I'm an Uber driver. So like a lot of times I'm trying to educate my passengers, like, Yo, okay, this is these are the things to do this is this may be an area to watch out in it's like people have to realize that once again no matter where you are in dc generally speaking the hood is like literally two three blocks away yeah so like to haphazardly throw buildings up like he's talking about and not be aware of the environment or the 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 rest of the area is is very it's it lacks foresight, like I'm saying. You, you got to do better than that. Word. So my pushback would be, just as an example, like Howard Homecoming. Howard Homecoming is revered from people across the country. Right. It's like, yo, this is a move. Like, do they always go? No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. But they know that's like, in its own way, it's a thing. Broccoli City's kind of become that a little bit, too. But that's like festival circuit, stuff like that. Yeah. But I thought it, it could be crazy if we could do like a Howard Homecoming on steroids, where like people from across the world would want to come here. You know, those empty uh, condos could be used for Airbnbs, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we know the city's going in a direction that pretty much is hard to fight right now. Yeah. Like, how do we turn that? Because it's, it's a lot of, like I said, unrest amongst natives versus people from PG versus people who, f- who flew in, people who went to Howard who aren't from here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so much infighting. But what would happen if there was actually for a minute, just four days, harmony, or like right. everybody working together to put on a big fucking show? Right. You know, yeah. it's possible. I just think it will take a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Which Everybody is why I say we're on the same page, right? Hundred percent. Which uh, is very hard to do. Very hard to do, especially out here, since yeah. we're still growing into what we're ultimately going to become in this next Most 10 or 20 years. All right, cool. So that's in the bag. I'm going to move to the second song. This is a uh, no title. This is uh, from Jetlag, the producer, uh, featuring OGK. So uh, tune in. Check it out. I got folks, I got mofos who forgot they clothes 
Ride with my water, steady ducking cobbles. Shit important, whip it for a stack of dollars. Out of turn all of my problems in the quality. Out of turn my ramen noodles and the loss. Out of caught up every shooter on the roster. Tell them they don't gotta drink no more, I got That's a cut right there, Word, man. I like yeah. that though. That yeah, was a good yeah. little track. Shout out to my man, man. Jetlag. Yeah, that shout out no to Jetlag. No title. TSA by Jetlag featuring OGK. Uh, what we got going on next? I can uh, go Ta- straight into the interview, but well, uh, I think Tom Tom got a question. Tom Tom got some shit to get off his chest. Okay, I got I got a thoughtful question. Right? Okay, I'm ready. That's, that's, that's my All thing ears, now. Brother. Okay, that's your thing now. That, that's my thing now. Like right. That. All right. So, um, the question for today is I'm, I'm gonna get right into it. Right. The question for today is what have your failures taught you? Mm. Um, so if I'm going to name some things that it's taught me, I would say that it's taught me patience. Um, I, I, from, from what I know, my girlfriend, children around me, anybody who's around me knows that I'm probably the most patient person you will ever meet in your life. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that comes from like the understanding of dealing with people, like watching their emotions and reacting to that or just, you know, knowing that my time is coming, that that's definitely like through all the different things that I've done over the times, you know, maybe I tried to do a project at a certain time and it didn't work out. But knowing that if I keep patiently trying at it, being diligent and so forth, I'll get to it. Um, that uh, so yeah, patience and timing, diligence, not to not to give up or at least keep your eye on the prize and keep moving towards it. And especially now in the most in the most recent endeavors, is uh, team make teamwork makes the dream work. And nice. understand my and understand your teammates. So, like, for example, last week, um, one of our teammates, Geronimo, was able to help out with, with the podcast. Right? Shout out to Geronimo. Definitely big shout out I to Geronimo. I was listening live. It was a great. But episode. one thing that that um, Reef will tell you, Geronimo, Mike, Mike could say after the show is like knowing when to step in, knowing when to step out, knowing when to you know balance yourself and not get overwhelmed by the moment. Mm-hmm. So that that's my reflection. I respect that. No, the word of the day was manke, which means having failed, missed, or fallen short, especially because of circumstances or a defect of character or unsuccessful somehow. You didn't let your failures just rest at that. Yeah, it didn't let them you know, consume you. Right. You let that become a lesson for you, and you were able to bounce back and reposition it to something else. Most definitely. Right. I would, I would tack on and say failure has taught me perspective and humility because I, if I'm bullheaded towards something and I fail – you know, now I can look back and say, hey, you know, I might not know the, the end all solution, but I know this doesn't work. And although I'm still alive and got a few scratches or scars, I have another opportunity to get it right. But if I do approach this challenge or whatever it is, I got to do it with a little bit more of a, a humble mindset and, and not necessarily relying on ego or some of those short temper drivers, but more so on like persistence, putting in the work, right. you know, being diligent and stuff like that. So that's why I would say. Uh, my failures have taught me the most. All right, what mm. about you, BMO? I love to be wrong, bro. 
I love yeah. it. I was just having a conversation with my girl about that the other day. I tried to I tried to predict something that might happen in a couple of days, but I told her I would love to be wrong because being wrong and failing means that you get to retest, adjust, retest your hypothesis, adjust your hypothesis, hypothesis, or even check your variables. It gives you an opportunity to do the scientific experience one more time, right. and there's value in the experience. So if you're right and you just Two plus two is four, but you never investigate and discover and try to figure out why it is or how that could be wrong. Then you're just limited to that one experience. Oh, give me. Failure has taught me how to fail and, I, and how much I love to fail and how much failing is actually a propellant and a catalyst towards your goals more than like actually, I guess, not failing. I don't even you know. You got to fail upwards. You got to fail, fail, fail fast. You got to fall up the steps. That's right, baby. There you go. And what about y'all? <laughs> Um, I would just reiterate on everything that you all said. Like, my failures just taught me, like, not to be afraid of failing. Like, understanding that failing isn't the end-all, be-all. Like, I'll always have another chance to relearn something or try it again and then grow from it and become better at whatever I, you know, took that L in. Yeah, exactly. I'll never fail. (laughs) (laughs) never lost but like yeah y'all pretty much covered everything like gotcha gotcha what tom said i learned perspective and trajectory and knowing that like everyone has their own time and i can't compare my timeline to anyone else's timeline diligence also um yeah y'all covered everything man it's never like i say y'all ain't say yet everybody has their own lane right their own road you can't be comparing where you are in your lane to somebody else in their lane because if you do that in real life you get in an accident oh yeah yeah once you stop focusing on your lane it don't matter you're gonna veer off and fuck up somehow Mm -hmm. that's true somebody else's back that's true man let's talk to the guest though yeah man. let's talk to the guest so so yeah we do have mink is in the building we played his music he's fire we're gonna hit you with some questions but first i want to show love to stram Stram is a, is a budding entrepreneur. Uh, she has a company called Good Green Grubbery. Um, it's 100% vegan food service. So she does catering, private events. I've had the food oh, myself. Delicious. Um, I believe it was at the Little Dream Listening Party a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, fire. I, I actually <laughs> enjoy it. Like, I look forward to, to what you put out. And although I haven't eaten much yet, I would love to have you on the show so you can talk your shit and, you. and tell the world about what you got going on. Thank Give me the quick you. spiel. Um, well, I've been vegan for seven years now. Um, I started when I was 18, just like kind of, I don't know, it's, just woke up one day and was like, I'm going to be vegan. I turned 18 today. I'm going to be vegan for the rest of my life. Boom, made it happen. And it's just been a part of my lifestyle since then, something that I love. It's not even something that um, I think very much of now. It's very second nature to me. With the business, um, I don't know, cooking is a passion of mine. It's something, my family is Southern, so it just came naturally. Um, I can cook like shit. (laughs) (laughs) Not to to toot your own horn, but I guess down type of what are some of the common misconceptions that people throw out lazily about vegan food that you hear? And, and what is it about Good Green Grubbery that kind of like flips the script on them and like surprises them? Um, like, have you ever had somebody be like hesitant to try the food because it's just strictly because it's vegan? Yeah, and then they eat it is, and they're like, like, wow. Veganism has a stigma. It's just like everyone's like, oh, it's, it's nasty. It's just straight 
like rabbit food. <laughs> like it's gonna taste like grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't really lacking flavor. Everything. Yeah, yeah, they don't expect it to be seasoned. They don't yeah, expect right. it to like have the same taste or textures as like regular food. Um, but when they taste it, it's like, oh man, it's, I can eat this all the time. Like right, right, I just right. um, like did a family event recently. It was that Saturday and. Everybody crushed it. I did some like vegan meatballs and mac and cheese. Yeah, I want to get the, the vegan yeah, meatballs. Yeah, I peeped that. I, I, I was literally about to order that. That's like, yeah, one of my specialties. Everybody always orders that. So um, I did that and it was like gone at the end of the night. Word. So, word. Yeah. so I know uh, Mink, uh, you, I think you converted him to veganism. Is that the truth? Like, oh, tell yeah. me that story as somebody who's Facts. converted. Yeah, you've been at my crib. I'm ordering Facts. pizza and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got like, nah, pizza. They got Very terrible at Matt's house. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> that was in the past. When I move, when I move into my new spot, I'm trying to turn a new leaf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, so how has it been? How many weeks? How many months have you switched over to veganism? Uh, it's ten months in, right? Wow. Ten months. Ten now. months. Oh, yeah, right. Ten months in. Wow. Like when I met Stram, that's when I converted. Which it really wasn't that hard because I'm a picky eater. Yeah. So the only thing I had trouble letting go of was chicken. Mm. Also, he don't cook. So, so yeah, and I don't <laughs> cook. So you know, can't damn. <laughs> I cook a little bit, but like yeah, yeah, only yeah. specialty Slowly. items. You know what I'm saying? We quick put something up real quick. Meatball with the hot sauce. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I know you all met, and these is dope because it's like two creatives in two seemingly separate lanes, but mm-hmm. you all met like walking super, dogs. Super randomly, right? bro. Like, right. I need to tell yeah, that story. Everybody needs to know this. I want to tell the story. Everybody needs to know this story. I admire you because you you all show y'all love for each other. Um, in public, it's affirmed, it's strong. Like you know, I'm not saying everybody needs to do that. Everybody has their own style. Well, that's but support it's two is creatives. Important. Y'all support each other in that way, and it's beautiful to see. Stamp. But uh, you the met story. You met kind of early beginnings. What are the early? Yeah, beginnings? it was like super random, bro. So I'm living in DC for like however long I'm living in DC. I decided I'm gonna start walking dogs because you know I like animals, and it was something easy. It's something I done before. So one day, just a rainy day, riding my bike on to the next dog. I had some uh, spray paint in my uh, bottle holder of the bike, and I seen, like, some trash on the side of the road. So I'm like, oh, yeah, spray that. Make that look cool. So I, like, go tag it up a little bit. Apparently, she saw me do this. Right. So, like, I speed off, you know, <laughs> did my thing, speed off. She's seen it. She go check it out. I'm coming back from, uh, I don't know, I think I just doubled back because I was going the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And like we ran into each other, wow. and I had seen her like a couple of days before, and I'm like, man, if I ever see that girl again, she's not walking that big ass dog. Like her dog is big as shit, bro. Can't fuck with it. If she's not walking the big ass dog, I'm gonna go smack. Apparently, she had the similar thought. So like we walking, oh, she's walking down. Nice. I'm riding the bike. She's like, hey, and I'm like, confidence Skirt. together. I try to like hit the hit the slide, try to be cool. I'm gonna bust my ass for real, like no bullshit. <laughs> try to stop. I didn't think she's gonna say nothing because I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm gonna say something, but then I was gonna bitch out at the last second and keep going. She didn't let me do that. So I had to hit hit the skirt. That's how you was going to close the deal? (laughs) I mean, I was going to close the deal later because I'm like, man, I'm supposed to be walking dogs. Right, right, right. You was on a mission. But she was on the same shit. So I'm like, all right, bet. So we started talking. And like from that day forward, I'm like, yeah, you want to hang out after work, blah, blah, blah. And we've been hanging out The rest is history. Yeah, (laughs) since then type shit. Gotcha, All right, gotcha. word. So uh, we we played a few tracks um, from your discography, but um, just quickly, I know you are one of the founders, if not the founder, of the legendary Three O WAP crew. Yes, so indeed. So walk me through the origins. I know you did skate parks and all that. We might have to save that for another conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty deep. deep. Yeah, we don't have a lot of time. But talk to me about the origins of Three O WAP and, and music um, in the DMV during that era when you know y'all were really running and gunning as a crew. I mean, honestly, it was just like. 
it's just some childhood shit, bro, for real. Like, I went to school with all the 301 members. Those, like, my niggas. Those my brothers for life. We all went to high school together. Mm. And that sh- the name 301 literally came from, like, just some shit we used to say. Like, we used to say WAP all the time. It didn't really mean anything. We was like, end of your sentence, you say WAP. You yeah. hit your man, you say WAP. We just say WAP for anything. Right. And the 30 came from, we all lived on 301. 301. Our school was on 301, so 301, 301. Ah. And it was an idea I just randomly had, like, for music. Because I wasn't making music heavily at first. Mike and rest were the ones. So who were the members of the, of, the, of the crew just to start? Uh, off? The original crew was myself, Micah Doom, Rest, Banron, Jim, Cicero, Iceberg Jessen, LS Jesus. Uh, terrible memory. I think that's the. I think that might be everybody. It might be like two more people. Word. But now it's kind of like boiled down to like me, Mike, Cicero, Rest, Jim, and Banron. Work, work. Everybody else left for, you know, whatever reasons they left Went for. Went on to do their own thing. Yeah, but, you know, it was just all, you know, high school. We all stuck together. I gave, I think it was Rest and Mike the idea of Theo Wap before I went off to Art Institute because mm-hmm. I was leaving to go to school, and they fucked with it, and they, like, kind of ran with it. But then once I kind of got to school and discovered that's not really what I wanted, I ended up meeting some producers and engineers actually taking music seriously. So I'm like, yeah, I want to take this shit serious. I came back to them. They were already taking it serious, so we all right. just... Right. Put it Took together. Took it serious together. Yeah. <laughs> Made a dream work. So Art Institute, obviously you had uh, a dream or a goal of, you know, going out, not being in the regular workforce, but doing something creative. Was it design? What was the focus originally coming? Um, so originally, my original passion was art and clothing. But back then, when we first started, well, I didn't really know much about making clothes. Yeah. I just knew I could paint and I knew I could draw and knew I wanted to make clothes. And I knew I could like rap and shit, but I only did that for fun. So once we started doing the WAP thing and then like people were gravitating towards my music, it was kind of like, all right, well, I also do this, y'all. So I started kind of incorporating the art. Right. And then through that, I was making a little bit of money. So I started trying to make clothes and, you know, I just ended up learning that. And then as I'm making clothes, I kind of lost like a lot of my connects for music. Yeah. Like, I stopped making music for real. And started focusing lost more on that. And yeah, I lost. I just lost a whole bunch of like outlets and stuff, like places to record, and gotcha, like, it just you. became too much. And I just focused on that because that's what was making me Focus money. On art. And so that's where that was the birth of Mink. The yeah. brand that is Mink. Mink originally was supposed to be me taking art and transferring over to clothes. I never really intended on it to be like a brand per se. Right. I just wanted to paint on clothes, right? And then right. make that its own thing, and make OGK its own thing, and then me be my own thing. Right. So those initial first paintings that were done as uh, I guess Mink was always the tag or. Um, um, no, I did everything is uh, our show OGK, OGK at first, OGK. and then the mink was only for the clothing stuff. And then uh, I used to make the clothes for Gold Link. Right, I was going to ask because I've seen a lot of uh, from a couple years ago concert photos of him having mm-hmm. the mink. What was it? The orange on the black tee and some yeah. of those things. Yeah, like, like him and uh, DJ Kim Marauder, they were like really supportive when I first started it. They were yeah. like cop all my samples or like they would buy a whole bunch of pieces from like my collection and like go on tour and wear it and send me pictures and stuff. So that kept me pretty Word. motivated and then from the outside looking in for like my followers that just seemed super lit so that kind of carried me while I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do right. with the brand and I didn't really have to give them too much because everybody liked the same thing right. so it was cool so you're a renaissance man you've done you know definitely a renaissance mu- man music you've done uh, fashion and actual product and you've done painting so mm-hmm. and you're still balancing all three so for you what is the key to. not saying you figured it out because nobody has uh, but what is the key to kind of maintaining it the balance like Tom said going. patience it takes a lot of patience and you gotta really want it because like when one thing is like going not necessarily going south but like you can't really do as much with it 
you uh, have a couple other things that you can lean on. Right. But it's all about having the patience on that one thing. Because there's times that, like, I really want to go hard on the fashion stuff. But really, the only thing in my hands right now is art and music. Right. Sometimes it's only just one. And right. the other two are falling short. And you got to just focus on that one thing and kind of keep that motivation going, burning in the back for those other things and wait for that, like, opening. So uh, I know you put out the album Now. Was that like a, a calculated kind of like this is my EP that I'm bringing, introducing people to or reintroducing myself? Kinda. Or was it like just like let me throw out like a care package? Like Drake put out the care package. It, it's kind of like joints. half and half for real because I was trying to like I was working with TSA really heavily. That was like my management mm-hmm. company at the time. Uh, we still we still work. But um, I really wanted to take all the music work that I had did over the couple last couple of years and kind of like give people a, a gist of this is OGK's music and then um, I also wanted to get free mixes of right. some of the tracks that I didn't fully Bet. Right. put together that's pretty much how it came down like uh, Ian hit me up about it we picked out the best tracks I pulled a couple of tracks that I kind of wasn't really done with but they were strong enough to be a track and we put together Scythe Nah Scythe Nah in that time was actually my skate team I had a skate team from back that developed when we did Man, skate it's park. Got everything. Yeah, it's wow. got everything, bro. They, we broke up now. We broke up the team now, but uh, so they, they're all doing their, uh, they're all thriving in their, their own lanes. Like we hope that's, sometimes several that's what get different for, flows. You know yeah, yeah, they're getting flow shoes and boards. Some of them have real sponsors now, right, right. which is that, great. That, that's all I ever wanted. launching pad. Everybody yeah. Can kind of oh, that's what it was supposed to be, pre- and that's I what it was. I appreciate the fact that everything he's speaking of in passing is still positive. Like People he's not connected to is still blessings on them and everything. still love. Yeah, it's all love to all of them, most of them. I'm going to be real with it. There's a couple of people we have fallen out, but for the most part, that's... I still have You, you focus know, on your lane yeah, right? I stay in my lane But I still support others And their growth Because like I know Just because somebody else Is growing doesn't mean I'm not going to grow Word. If I help somebody else grow That means I can grow Just as much That's, a, that's so. what I've always Appreciated about this brother Right here Word. Word. So uh, we're going to get Into our third and final song Before we wrap up This is uh, Danger, Danger By OGK And we'll just do like The first verse And finish off with the chorus Check right. it out That's a Crazy Full service radio Wow Lately we ain't really hanging, but three of really be gangin' Lately we 
Word, word. So that was Danger by OGK. So um, it was a great episode, guys. So let's wrap this up. Let's do Tools of the Trade. So I'll start. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at BackpackMatt, on IG at Mr. Backpack. That's M-I-S-T-E-R Backpack. Um, My tool of the trade this week would be rest, mental rest to be more specific. Mm. You know, sometimes Mm. you can get in your own head and get overloaded, right? You can get overloaded with uh, all these different things going on and start to, like, create feelings that aren't really there you know what i'm saying so sometimes it's good to kind of take take a break ease off the pedal chill out for a minute reset and uh so you don't uh fuck up yeah so that's my tool of the trade Stab. this week once to uh follow up i mean my tool of the trade this week would have to be communication and i say that because you know with all the different projects that are flying around my head right now communicating with my teammates has been very key and just, you know, doubling back to make sure things get done the way they're supposed to. Is that, that's been my key tool of the trade for the week. like that. Um, Arsha OGK, at Arsha OGK on all uh, social media sites, platforms, or whatever. Uh, I would say my tool of the trade right now would be support. Mm. So, like, be it from, like, partner, friends, or whatever, because I, I went through, like, a little... Uh, like hiatus of yeah. just like not really being creative and just right. kind of being in a rut so like having that support system like and then understanding what your support system is like what type right. of support you need that's real that helps you uh stay in your creative flow and actually like create to your highest capacity um hello hi stream <laughs> my work ig is good green grubbery grubbery spelled g-r-u-b-b-e-r-y um I think like writing everything down has been most beneficial for me right now. Mm. Like even if it's just like short ideas, little like blurbs that you just had out of nowhere, it'll definitely be beneficial like in the future to just look back at that, something that you can build on. Um, That's definitely my tools of the trade, writing everything down. Yeah. Really being organized That's very key Exactly yeah. yeah It's your boy Bmo Brown At Bmo Brown B-E-M-O Brown On all social media platforms Make sure you follow me My tool of the trade Is the future generation I really think this next generation Generation Z Or generation free As I like to call them I hope they're called The jackasses I really <laughs> I really appreciate Their perspective on life And their approach To what cultural norms are And how they just pretty much don't exist and everybody's experience is valued. So I think listening to this next generation will eventually lead up more avenues to creativity and, and commerce within that. Uh, as always, make sure you check out um, our social media platform on OT, OTS.pod on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow us on all those social media platforms. Listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google on Play, wherever podcasts Google Play, are heard, everywhere. Uh, we That's on your mama studio. All up. We on the eight track. We on all of it. We got a Black Planet page. We all at Beta Max. At Beta Max, baby. As always, thanks for listening to the Over the Show of the podcast. Uh, make sure you come back next week and pick up more gems that we're dropping. We Peace. Facts. Hey.